Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to the Tim's Take, episode 35. We have some exciting listener feedback this time. Maybe the most we've ever gotten. So you offer a prize and you guys come out in force. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've never gotten this much listener feedback. People were really curious what was going on. We'll start by saying we had two correct guesses. Yes, and as a recap, last time we did a podcast episode, Matt had an ailment almost throughout the entire episode. And our question to the listeners was, can they guess what it is? Yes, I appreciate you recapping for the many listeners who are just dropping in. And I sort of thought, ah, episode 35. You know, I might give this one a listen now. Now that they've kind of shaken the rust off for 34 episodes. (laughs) Yes, but that's exactly right. Last episode, I was dealing with an ailment. One interesting thing to note about our guessers. This this wasn't a social science experiment, so we cannot come to absolute conclusions. But two of our guessers were women, and two of our guessers were men. Oh, wow. Fascinatingly, well, let me read the responses, and then we can reflect together on maybe some of the trends that we see. First, from our friend Andre. Andre faithfully writes in the podcast, says, After this initial guess came into my head, I couldn't shake it. I ran multiple ideas past the interactions you both had at the beginning, and I think this works. I'm going with a bloody nose. He goes on to talk about, you know, yada, 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 things about intentionality with Oliver and playing. He compliments my composting, you know. But the important thing is his guess was a bloody nose. Our friend Luke has a guess as well. He says, my guess for what Matt was struggling with, a broken nose. Oh, interesting. By the end of the episode, Matt was able to embody his inner Rip Hamilton and find his clear mask, Rip Hamilton being a a Detroit Pistons NBA player from yesteryear who classically wore a mask over his face. Supporting this nose, how did Matt break his nose instead of shaking hands when passing the peace of Christ? Individuals (laughs) at Grant Springs have been touching elbows due to COVID-19 protocol. Actually, we've been discouraging even that. Someone was really feeling the spirit during this time and whipped their elbow around and hit Matt in the face. Wow, I love this whole narrative even. He's, he must get some bonus points for that. He did say, if I am right, I hope your nose gets better, Matt, which I did appreciate, Luke. I think that Luke and Andre, A, it's very interesting that they both went nasal. I think they might have been deceived by my allergies yes. in the last episode, which was a little deceptive. I do think we named, though, that we weren't talking about the allergies, but they were both incorrect. Sorry, guys. We do appreciate your feedback. Andre, it was very nice to hear that someone else struggles to play with their kid. Thank you for that solidarity. Yeah. So, sorry, guys. You were not correct. You do not win the prize. Please please write in and play in future games. We did have two correct guessers, though. So, clearly, you see the trend. The incorrect guessers were the men who wrote in with nasal-related guesses. The women who wrote in were correct. And we heard from longtime listener, first-time writer, Eva, who we didn't even know she was listening. I used to work with Eva. It was such a delight. She had some really kind things to say, which, you know, I'm tempted to read on the podcast, but we'll stick to the guessing. She says, my guess is that Matt had hiccups before and during this last recording. He had violent, long-lasting hiccups. Yeah, they had started quite a bit earlier in the day. Violent might be a little exaggeration, but 
There were times that really racked your whole body. Yeah, it was a little intense. They were Oliver-like in some ways. And it was unclear whether I was going to be able to make it through the podcast. You know when your diaphragm is spasming like that and you just feel it every time you talk? That's what I was going through. So there might have been some pauses. Maybe some of those got cleaned up a little bit. So I'm pretty impressed by Eva's guests. And like I said, Eva's guest was one line in a very nice email about composting, about her listening and her appreciation of the podcast. That was really meaningful. Thanks, Eva. Then we had one last guest from your mom, Trish, which was just the whole email was, did you have the hiccups? Ding, which, ding, ding, ding. Which I love the simplicity. So we have sent the prize. Which off, was? Off to Trish. Eva, if you're listening and you want the prize, you can still send us your address. The prize was these Korean dishwashing gloves, Mami San dishwashing gloves, which I've learned from my friend Q, who is from South Korea, that Mami San means mommy's hands, which is why the predominant color for them is pink. So there's some cultural expectations built in there. He was saying about who would be using these gloves, but I have found them incredible. And to be fair, I mean, at least in our household, you use them. 92% of the time. Oh, yes, which is why I am their biggest evangelist. <laughs> I love these gloves. I I have a pair now for my composting with the worms. Also pink. I have a pair now for dishwashing. I'm just hoping that I can find some other hobby which I can use these gloves for. So, so Eva, Trish, we hope you enjoy them. Yep. There you go. That was a fun mailbag. It was great. Nice to hear from all of you lovely folks. We'll do more prizes in the future, maybe. If it gets that kind of response, for sure. Better believe it. So, you know, and maybe if you just write in a really fantastic piece of feedback. Maybe you'll get some mommy sound gloves. I mean, it would have to be really amazing because we've gotten some good feedback that we haven't honored with that kind of a prize. But, you know, set your hopes high. All right, shall we dive into our episode now? We felt like we had to do mailbag at the top to just kind of close the loop on the past episode. But today we're going to do, and we're going to do it quickly because we know mailbag took a while. Lows, highs, and takes. Yep. Rachel, over to you. My low for the past couple weeks was that we left Oliver with the first non-family caretakers for an extended period of time in his whole life. And it went horribly. <laughs> no. Is that what, is that what you're going to say? <laughs> Libby, Catherine, <laughs> if you're listening, I that's not what I'm saying. Do not come at me. <laughs> no. We have finally opened backup nursery at our church with lots of COVID precautions still in place, but I was very excited to have it open back up, let Oliver have some time with different people. I could actually sit through a whole sermon and pay attention at least as much as I normally would, and that was going to be amazing. I was so looking forward to that, and it did happen. Oliver did go to nursery, and he was great. Uh, the report was he got a little antsy at the end. He started to kind of fidget and look to the door, but apparently he never cried. Catherine just said he, she could tell he was ready to have me back, which is very sweet. But the night before all of this transpired, before I knew how well it would go, I just had a moment of realizing that my son is growing up and he's going to leave me and he's going to experience things without me and I won't always be there to watch or like guide people through like who he is and tell them how 
he works and what he likes. Like, I can't go to college and tell his roommate. Well, I could, but I would be an embarrassment. Like, oh, here, <laughs> here's the Google Doc of Oliver's favorite things. Please make sure to take care of him. I just, as much as I really want to do that, I know that I need to let the bird fly the nest. And this was the first step. And so I had, <laughs> I had some tears and it was just a big emotional thing. And I know lots of people experience this m- way sooner, but because of COVID, it's been particularly a very isolated unit of people who yeah, right. see and especially take care of Oliver. So it went well, but it was an emotionally hard thing for me. And I think, you know, I was surprised this was a low for you because I was particularly helpful in your processing, I thought. Were you? Yeah. When you asked me, first of all, do you feel any of this at all? It's okay if you don't. To which I said, no, not really. And then later I said, boy, you're really going to have a hard time when he goes to school. So I was surprised that my feedback to you in that moment didn't really improve the situation and move it out of the low category, but... Listeners, if you have comments on how oh, Matt no. could better improve his response in that moment, I'm sure you will have a better answer <laughs> than he did. I admit it was not my most empathetic. You did catch me rather off guard at like 930 at night, the night before, suddenly getting very emotional, which is not an excuse for not having empathy. But Thank you. What's your low? Let's see. My low is just Oliver is, as we sometimes call him, a squirmy worm. buddy he is especially so when i'm trying to change him it feels like (laughs) and And your mom she also has multiple complaints filed this week about his squirminess and there's just something about him squirming when i'm trying to change him that just manages to bypass my usual parental patience and just hit like that big red button. You raised your voice probably for the first time I've ever heard you raise at him this week. And I was like, oh, wow, he is really irked by Oliver squirming. Yeah, and I, I don't think I was yelling. It's just the whole situation is so awful when he's moving around so much. Because he's free and you just don't know what's going to happen. He's pretty good about not peeing when he doesn't have a diaper on, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. But it's still like you're trying to contain the situation and keep his foot out of the poop and yeah i wasn't gonna go that graphic but <laughs> he he's just a lot people know what we're he's talking just a about. lot to handle and it just it has a way of uniquely frustrating me which i probably need to process that a little bit why a little bit why there's probably something there about control and obedience and all kinds of layers of listening to authority but we will leave that be for another a future podcast when he's really rebelling and not just squirming on the changing table. Yeah, it's going to get harder. But I found that uniquely frustrating lately. Let's move on. To the highs. So we've started kind of as a family trying to have family Saturday mornings together. Some conversations around Sabbath. And I mean, it's complicated. Not That's not what I'm going to talk about right now. But it's an interesting conversation that is ongoing in our household. But... This morning we went to a bagel place and it is just such a delight to have Oliver around <laughs> with other people. Like he's smiling, other people are smiling, waving back. He's watching all the cars go by because we like sat outside and ate our bagel. And then he's on my lap and he starts giggling. And I'm like, what is he laughing at? And I look over and there is this golden retriever dog, which looks just like this picture that's in this book that he loves. 
and he is just so utterly delighted that there is this dog and just cannot stop laughing and like not pointing but he's clearly looking at the dog yeah very clearly and it was just i mean it just melts your heart like he's just so happy about the dog and it's so simple and it's just really beautiful that's my high yeah that's a great high that was a pretty cute moment today oh warm my heart (laughs) mine is that oliver and i are two pieces of a barbershop quartet oh yes so oliver just in the last week or so (laughs) i started singing i don't know why the west wing theme song uh, which, if you don't know it, we'll link in the show notes so that you can listen to the West Wing theme song. But singing his name to that tune. And then one day when I was doing that, he started singing back or singing with me, essentially. Now, he, he's not quite got the ear that I do, I don't think, yet. But it was, like, very clearly when I stopped, he would stop. When uh-huh. I picked back up, he would continue. And now it's kind of carried on to some other times I'm singing. So Yeah, he just joins you. He joins in. It's really it's funny. so adorable. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what we're doing, but here we go. This morning, we were not singing. He is just, I think, vocally kind of responding and experimenting because... I started getting louder and louder this morning, and then he got louder and louder, and then suddenly we're both yelling very loudly. Not at each other, just... <laughs> so the voice stuff is super fun right now. It is really fun. And he'll just chatter, like, in the backseat of the car to himself, mm-hmm. and it it is pretty fun. But the singing is really something special. Yeah, that's been a lot of fun. All right. We're, we're making great time here. We're really honoring the listeners. I'm proud of us. You're welcome. Let's do some takes. My take is a bit more expanded. Okay. Wow. Spoke too soon. Classic podcasting faux pas. If you don't know where the episode's going, don't make promises you can't keep. I will keep it as brief as I can. But we've started, as you know, feeding all of our solids. We've talked about this before. Yep. But he, from like when we kind of started, he was pretty like into food, like loved eating it. Would mm-hmm. eat lots of things. And then maybe like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, he started to get a little picky about what he would eat. And I just like, I felt the pressure to feed him properly, which I know just is not a thing. It doesn't exist. The properly doesn't exist, even though multiple blogs, people, doctors, other parents would claim that there is a proper way. <laughs> There's just not one way because kids are so different. But that's the narrative I can tell myself when I am calm and rational. When he's eating or not eating in some cases, like one day he loves watermelon. The next day he hates watermelon. One day he will like pick at his food and then Matt will offer him some and he'll eat the whole plate. Like it's just (laughs) so frustrating. Like it is not formulaic at all. And... I just am amazed at Matt's ability to be patient with him and sit and like, like he says, like the best thing we can do at this point is to have like a calm, no pressure eating environment because that's how Oliver is going to continue to want to try foods and experiment and do different things with food is because we're not stressing him out. So I just really admire it because you can get him to eat almost anything Like tonight we're sitting there and he has this whole plate of food that I made and he does not, he's fussy, he's tired. I'm like, oh, I think it's just a lost cause. And then you show him your plate 
and give him a bite off of your plate and he eats it and he's like, oh, this is good. Devours the whole plate. We <laughs> gave him seconds of everything. He just could not get enough food. Yeah, you're. let me just jump in because I think you're giving me far more credit on a number of fronts than I deserve. One is that is not original to me in any way. I listen to a podcast with friend of the pod who's will never listen to our podcast, but who we quote frequently, Emily Oster. She did an actual audio version of her newsletter and interview with a, a child food expert. And that was really the takeaway from her. She was mm. saying, listen, the biggest things parents do wrong with food has nothing to do with nutrition is that they create stressful environments around eating. So that then you put vegetables on your kid's plate and suddenly everyone's uptight about will the kid eat. So the kid then has stressful associations, negative associations mm. with vegetables. But if you can just maintain a kind of positive environment and that's non-anxious, just like we're eating, this is what we do. Then usually her point was, especially for picky eaters, the vast majority of the time, there's not anything like pathological here. Sure. They'll just come around. So that was a really big takeaway for me that has really stuck with me. So we'll link to that episode as well in our show notes. The second thing is tonight, I didn't do anything. I think the biggest thing that we've done lately is we've just given him enough time to come around. It was when yeah. you, you put seconds on my plate. I didn't show him my plate. He just saw my plate. And then I gave him a little bit off my fork in case he was interested in that. And then he just went to town on his own. Yeah. So but it is true. We just have to like wait him out sometimes. It's But it's just... It's a hard thing. It's very easy to like hear the running narrative of like, we had this discussion this week. Okay, I need baby food suggestions. Like I just don't always know what to give him. And so I was looking at buying this guide and Matt was like, that's fine. I don't care about the money piece of it, but will it make you more anxious about feeding him? And we went back and forth and back and forth. And the answer is probably yes. Like I would just be worried I've given him all the wrong things and I'm not balancing him enough. And Obviously, some of these things are important and it's good to be mindful of. But ultimately, like, I mean, I don't keep that kind of discipline regimen and I try to be intentional about my food and what I'm eating. But I just can't. I mean, I, it's hard to hold him to that same standard or myself feeding him to that same standard. Have you bought those guides? No. Oh, that's so interesting because the next day we talked about it one night. We said, well, let's talk about it tomorrow. Then you said, I'm going to do it. But you haven't done it yet. No. Because, I mean, I just keep thinking about it And some of the rhetoric that that company puts out is feels very judgmental. And I'm like, I don't oh. know. Like, I think some of what they do is helpful. They have this whole database. We can link to it of, like, how to chop up foods and at what ages. So you can research, like, any food. And it will tell you, like, about the food and then how to feed it in different stages to your child, which... That's awesome. Hold on. Pause. Are we going to link to this company that we're now bashing for their food guides? Or are we going to go back to the no, beginning? No, I'm not bashing. I'm the, the database that they have on how to serve foods is amazing and informative. But some of the rhetoric just feels like they are labeling some foods as bad and some as good and some ways of feeding a child bad and good. And from what I've heard or talked to with some of our friends who are dietitians like that's just not a great way to like set up the foundations of eating for your kid and so I'm trying to lean on that but it's just yeah it's a complicated thing I think for me as a mom and me as a person and 
you just always feel the responsibility of taking care of your kid. Which is beautiful. I think I I think there's good and there's ill, but I do hide in some levels of ignorance. Yeah, and it's worked out really well um, for you. Well, I'm jealous. I mean, I'm probably less anxious around these things, but it's like I really will hold on to like one piece of wisdom. So like I hear someone say, like, until they're one, food is fun. So I'm like, <laughs> who cares? Like, you just keep repeating that to me. I'm like, I do think it would be a problem if all we ever gave him was donuts. <laughs> but we don't do that. Like, yeah, I know. That's my, what I, I mean, that, yeah. Yeah, in my opinion, you do such a good job. Like, there's always fruit on his plate or if we're having vegetables, there's some vegetables on his plate. There's a mix of things. We gave him a smoothie with Greek yogurt in it. So that's like some additional protein. And we gave him some lamb from my euro today so i'm like yeah he's doing pretty good i know i don't need some guy to tell me and he's not even one yet so his primary nutritional basis is still coming from you so yeah yeah but i i mean i do understand that it yeah i'm it's empathetic cr- kind with of the crazy level of expectations like the, with yeah it. the societal pressure to do it certain ways and everyone has opinions about it and I should say, I would, you know, we talked, I think, about his iron test in the last episode. Uh huh. And if that had come back differently, that would have, like, a lot of this would have felt different. Sure. For sure. Like, as soon as there's actually something right. that's Right. We've like, never had a medical person tell us we're not giving him something that he needs. Right. Or he's not getting enough or anything like that. I mean, they've watched, I think we've talked about they're watching his weight. I say that in the most loose way. Like, they're just watching his charts like anyone because he did drop from three to six months as he started to get active but he's charting along just fine so the doctor says yeah we'll just keep an eye on it yep so oh well thanks for being vulnerable can i pile on top of the vulnerability oh okay i no i mean not piling on you and it's my own take it's just so tragic that our family so often gets the worst parts of us Hmm. and i was thinking about this today because i was not at my best today we were hanging some things in the house and the anger was burning not at rachel not at oliver so i mean that's a good thing but it was sure burning at these nails and this wall and this shelf that i was trying to hang oh my gosh it was a journey we went on such a journey and it was just like you come out of that and when I flood like that, the anger really burns for a while. Mm-hmm. And again, it was not directed at any person. It was just the situation. It was so frustrating. I thought I was going to have to pull out and patch and paint and weren't going to be able to do things. And I was frustrated because I knew Rachel wanted to get these things up. It actually worked out just fine. And they're hanging up now. But <laughs> Haven't uh, fallen off yet. <laughs> haven't fallen off yet. You know, cross his fingers. But it's just like you come out of that and you're like, you know, if someone else was here, you would never. I probably would have reined that in yeah. in a whole other way, or even been able to laugh about it. Just been like, oh well, like I'll work it out. This is what you do. But sure. because the only ones here are the ones closest to me, that rage just took not, didn't take over, but really colored it's hard a to, chunk of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like what kind of backwards awfulness is that in our relationships? Yeah, it is so true. I identify. And I mean, the funny thing is today, Oliver, both of us are pretty stressed now about getting these shelves up and Oliver's roaming around. All of a sudden, I just look into his room. He's 
you know, scooted into his room from our bedroom and is just back in the corner playing with his toys, taking everything out, laughing to himself. He is totally fine. He's like, you guys are stressed out and I just (laughs) don't need it. So I'm out. I'm going to go play with my toys in my room by myself. (laughs) And it's just so funny. Like he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't need our stress. He doesn't want our stress. There was really no need for us to There's stress. no need for the stress. So. But I understand what you're saying. It's hard. Yeah. This is my public confession. Yeah, I don't know that I have a have a good solution other than continuing to grow as a person. But it's like you're the truest and the darkest parts of yourself come out when you don't have to have a mask on, right? Which is usually with those closest to you. Yep. Yikes. Anyway, that was kind of discouraging today. Yeah, but we made it through. We rallied, I feel like, in our years together, which it's Matt and I's five-year anniversary next Friday. And yeah, I feel like that could have like destroyed a a whole afternoon or a whole day with us before. And I feel like we're able to rally a little bit better from some of those like high-intensity moments. Not always, but more often than not, quicker than we used to. I think that's true. Yeah, listeners will be impressed that we had probably our first very calm coronavirus protocol conversation of the last year today. Yep. I was like, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Okay, let's keep thinking about that together. It's usually a little more charged than that. (laughs) Good grief. So, you know, folks, bit by bit, we're hopefully becoming better people, better partners, Better parents, better podcasters. Podcasters, <laughs> nice partners, parents, podcasters. Triple P's. Tri- okay, yeah. is that bad? Is no, that- I don't think triple P's is bad. It just doesn't sound. I don't think it sounds great. Okay. I also don't like P's. So, <laughs> like the letter P or the food P or the uh, food, food other P. thing P. That's a whole other story. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. Interesting. It's, you knew this about me. No, no, no. I just, interesting, there's so many, you could say P and mean lots of different things. Wow, we did promise the listeners we would move quickly. This might be. We've, we've gone off the rails. We're leaving the tracks. All right. Shall we just wrap it up? Yeah. Till next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that, believe it or not, is your dentist day. <laughs>